0: We are back in Louisville for the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show. We've been making the rounds here in Louisville. Now it's time to dig into what's happening in the farm economy and to think about getting some coverage on the crop you are getting ready to put in the ground.
1: Live from my bluegrass heaven via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Ellen Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage. Then it's Andrew Jackson from Producers Hedge. Later, Chad Stensrud from Ag Leader. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie.
0: All right, Davis, thank you so much. Yeah, it is great. Yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did I? it is it is great to be down here in Louisville thank you so much to AG leader for making our coverage from the 2023. 2023- national farm machinery show possible we appreciate it they've got us set up in a great spot we're getting ready to go we're gonna we're gonna learn about what's going on in the banking world uh Andrew Jackson is down here he's on stage with Tyne Morgan right now uh he's gonna be making his way over here in just a moment and we'll talk to Andrew as well today so lots going on down here dude the crowd Davis I've told you about this place before you mentioned this, it. The mm-hmm. crowd is mm-hmm. incredible down here mm-hmm. and it's been raining all day. Yeah. So, it, it, I I think if uh if anybody in the area was wondering whether or not they were going to go, they went. They are here today because there is a bunch of people walking around, man. That,
1: that's outstanding. Sounds like a good day to be under a roof with a whole bunch of people of like mind.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely and and there's we talked about it a little bit with ken ferry this morning mm-hmm. there's so much to learn here because anything that's been in the pipeline for the last couple of years yeah. and is now starting to come out to the market it's probably going to show up here first so you can take a look at it you can get get your eyeballs on it and figure out how everything's going to work from there so it it's really really a cool show
1: as I recall from this morning's hour of Agri Talk, uh, there were some who thought they were vertical tilling who maybe learned yeah. that they weren't, in fact.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, I mean, uh, just as an example. Yeah, you've got to have the right piece of equipment, and and uh, some guys are running a disc, saying, "Ah, eh, we're out there vertical tilling." Well, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy, let's get to it. What you got in the news?
1: Chip wheat futures were mixed with SRW wheat futures lower, and hard red and spring wheat futures higher. Export sales of wheat in the weekend of February 9 totaled at nearly 210,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations and did nothing to support wheat prices. Yeah continued dry conditions in the central and southern plains limited selling interest in hrw futures the mid-morning rally in the u.s dollar encouraged some selling in the soft red market march hrw wheat futures were four cents higher 8.98 and one half march soft red wheat slipped Four and one quarter cents to seven sixty-five. March spring wheat closed at nine thirty and one quarter. That one's up five and a half. Chip.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit of movement, and it, there's got to be some spreading going on between the flavors when you get the SRW market down by four and the HRW market up by four. So, I've I got to believe that the spread traders were, were most active in all of the markets today.
1: Well, corn export sales in the weekend at February nine totaled one point zero two five million metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. Corn futures opened slightly higher and tried to rally, but selling intensified when March futures slipped through support at yesterday's low. Corn futures posted a third consecutive lower close and appeared to be headed to a test of support at the bottom of the sideways trading range near 670. The International Grains Council dropped its global corn crop estimate for 22.23 by 8 million metric tons. The cut led lower by expectations for the RG crop. March corn futures one quarter cent lower, 6.76. March corn gained a penny, 6.75. July corn closed at 6.64, up three quarters of a cent.
0: Look at the bear spreads in that market, Davis. Good grief. Uh, Back month contracts leading the way to the upside. Gains weren't very much, but... Bear spreads were really working in that market, and I I think that's what was driving most of the activity.
1: Well, export sales of soybeans totaled nearly 513,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. USDA this morning also announced the sale of 128,000 metric tons for delivery to unknown in the current marketing year. Soybean meal was under light pressure with oil slightly higher. March beans posted an inside trading day with the close just below the opening range. March beans three quarters of a cent higher, 1526 and a half. May beans added one and three quarter cents to 1521 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1513, up two and a half. Chip.
0: Yeah, it's good to see a little bit of export demand come into the market. You know what? Soybean oil was strong enough throughout the day that finally soybean meal had to get back on the plus side of unchanged. Still, you got that March meal now. It's, it's about nine and a half bucks, excuse me, eight and a half bucks below 500. So a little bit of that that market's taking some uh, profit taking.
1: Well, cotton export sales, weekend of February nine, nearly two hundred seventeen thousand metric tons, in line with the four week average sales pace. March cotton one hundred thirty points lower, eighty one twenty five. Livestocks, beef export sales just over twenty eight thousand metric tons, up sharply from last week, well ahead of the four week average. April fat cattle fifty two and one half lower, one sixty two oh seven and a half. June cattle down 47 and one half, 159.72 and a half. March feeder futures were at $1.10 lower, one eighty-six twenty-two and a half. and And finally, pork export sales, 45,000 metric tons. Very strong, limited selling pressure in lean hogs. April hogs, 72 and 5 half cents lower, 84.77 and one half. June contract off a buck 15 10315 Chip Good grief.
0: We had pork sales like that and we couldn't get any strength going in in the in the lean no hog good. market. Yeah, this that's no that's good. tough to take. Tough to take. All right, thank you Davis. Let's bring in Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. Good afternoon, Oliver. are
2: yeah, we doing, Chip?
0: Doing just fine, just fine. Um what do you like in the grain markets after a day like today? The bear spreads are working. Doesn't look like there was much volume. Uh, is there anything to like?
2: Yeah, I uh, man, you're really grasping for straws when you're talking about getting uh, excited about the grain yeah. markets here recently. We're just uh, in the mud. I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue to be the case here for the rest of the week and into next week's trade until those March options go off the board next okay. Friday, maybe, and we get some uh, volatility to come back into the market, which would be in line with the seasonality uh of the markets but yeah just a a real snoozer of a a trade that's for sure yep
0: yep no doubt okay go over to livestock trade um what is there are are you concerned that we're running out of technical strength in the cattle
2: i am a little bit concerned about the cattle market uh i mean the trend of higher lows and higher highs is still intact we haven't had a complete down The market's still strong and sturdy on that front. The fundamental side remains strong and sturdy as well. But I've probably said it on your show before. I think we really need to see this cash market break out. Uh, I mean, it's firming up a little bit, but it's not running away. And if it's not able to run away, I wouldn't be surprised to see some long liquidation come into the live cattle market. It takes take prices a little bit lower. That's not me calling for it to fall out of bed, but I think we'll pull back a, a couple bucks from here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, both the hog market and the cattle market, the Fed cattle market, they both need proof that this cash trend is going to be at least firm, or the buyers don't want to play right now.
2: That's that's exactly what it looks like. And yeah, you talked about uh, this morning's exports. I think Davis said it best with the lean hog export sales and the inability to not rally. It. I think he, uh, I'll steal his quote: "Not good, not yeah. good,
0: not good at all."
2: Oliver, thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Take care. All
0: right. That is Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. We are live at the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show at the Ag Leader booth. We've got Alan Hoskins up next.
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Florey at the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show. Thanks to Ag Leader for making it possible for us to bring you coverage from the National Farm Machinery Show. We're going to get into a conversation with... um, uh, Alan Hoskins here coming up in just a moment. But first, let's go ahead and make time for this industry spotlight. And joining us right now, Andrew Pierce, Ag Leader, Product Sales Specialist. Andrew, how are you? Thank pretty, you.
5: Very good. Thanks for having us.
0: Yep. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Okay. Let's talk about the planners out there because that planner pass, is probably the most important pass that farmers make each year. But some of those planners out there are working with you know, they've gotten behind the curve on technology. Yep. Help those guys out. What what does Ag Leader offer?
5: Yeah, so we've got quite a few solutions uh, all the way kind of from our basic entry level uh, with our SureStop clutch control system, uh, and then we can step it up a little bit more uh, with our SureDrive electric drive or our newest product uh, in the last couple of years with SureSpeed, our high-speed meter and delivery, and both of those pair nicely with our SureForce uh Hydraulic downforce and uplift. Okay, system.
0: I was just going to ask you because a lot of the older t- planters that are out there, th- that seed placement is so important that yep. the SureForce, that's got to be a popular upgrade. Yep.
5: yep, that's one of the one of the first talking points in a lot of the planters today.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so y- when when someone's trying to decide if it's time to make that technology update, y- 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 you've got to get a return for the investment on it. That, yep. What is
5: it? Uh, Kind of depends on the situation, but uh, when we start placing that seed in the right spot, we're maximizing our yield potentials. Uh, we're starting with the shutoffs and things like that. We're saving those seed inputs and really start to rack up those savings pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it's it, a lot of times it's not what you're gaining, it's what you're saving that pays right. for something like right. this, right? Right, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely important. So if we want to learn more about what Ag Leader has for for those planter upgrades, where do we go?
5: Yep, uh, either stop by the booth or uh, visit agleader.com or your local dealer. Uh, right there on the main webpage, there's the dealer locator, and yep. get them to determine what your best fit is for the planter. So.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. All right, thank you so much, Andrew. Okay. Appreciate it. That is Andrew Pierce. He is the Ag Leader. Product sales specialist. Okay, so one of the things that we are talking about down here when we're looking at all this brand new machinery is uh, just kind of the state of the ag economy and interest rates and where we are in the in the whole inflationary cycle, I guess. Uh, let's have a conversation about that right now with Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage.
6: Alan, it's good to see you again great to be on, Chip. Thanks for, thanks for the invitation. All
0: right. Did Tyne beat you up on the taping for U.S. Farm Report? We, we
6: managed to escape, but it was barely.
0: <laughs>
6: Outstanding.
0: Well, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. Uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just start right there, Alan, because we keep talking about the new equipment and the, the, the lack of inventory out at the um, uh, dealerships. That's pulled up the used equipment value. So if you're looking for that sweetheart deal in the ag equipment market, you're probably not going to find it. Correct. The good news about that is the ag economy is growers are really in pretty good shape when it comes to cash flow and everything right now, aren't they?
6: Yes. As we're coming now, of the 2022 crop, we're seeing working capital levels across the board tending to be strong Mm -hmm. in some cases very strong yep so we've been blessed with some good yields. we've been further blessed by some pretty good commodity prices we saw some producers that did an awfully darn good job of using business acumen to manage the expense side to maximize the margin so yes as a whole i would say that we're coming into the 2023 crop year in pretty good condition
0: you know in 2022 there were good margins um, I, I had guys tell me and, or make comments like, heck, if you can get up in the morning, go out and put a, a crop in the field and harvest it in the fall, you're going to make money. You know, it was just kind of that simple. But I saw something change in 22, and that was an attitude of getting away from that's good enough to maximizing those returns.
6: Are you seeing that out there? Very much so. The, yeah. the, the best illustration chip that I can think of that i have a friend of mine that uh, got out of the combine cab yield monitor uh, on this ground he was at 265 i said wow that's good he looked at me he said yes but it can be better yeah and that's the mindset that i think we're seeing more producers all the time adopt they're, they're celebrating the success which they should because right. they're working hard to get it but they're not resting on their laurels they're looking for ways to become incrementally better
0: now Based on that and what they did, I think in in 21 there was a group that started it. 22 it got, it, it was more widespread. It sets them up for doing a better job with with tighter margin opportunities in 2023. Don't you think?
6: I do. I do. Yeah. I do.
0: yeah. Um, now they need to do a better job because they're dealing with higher operating loans, bigger operating loans with higher interest rates. Uh, hopefully, the guys knew it was coming. Hopefully, they saw it coming, right?
6: Chip, I'll say it this way. I hope that it was a combination of their being aware of what was going on in the market and their lender having conversations with them throughout last year to help put them in a position where they don't suffer pardon me, don't suffer sticker yeah. shock yeah. when they look at where their interest cost is going to be in 23 compared to 22. Right, right.
0: Those interest rates have to be managed. What When when uh, when a, a, a borrower asks you, how do I hedge this? What do you tell them?
6: First and foremost, if it's not a individual that I've been working with, let's sit down and look at your numbers. Yep. Be, because... There's not a stock answer that's going to be correct to that question because of the uniqueness of every operation. Also, the thing that I factor into it is even though sometimes if you look at something on paper, paper, it makes absolute perfect sense, the risk tolerance of that individual may not be such that they're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a perfectly logical answer, it may not be the best thing for them because of the discomfort that that's going to create yep. for them on an ongoing basis because they went against their own personal nature. Right. So I think that's a huge component in trying to formulate any plan. And I think it's looking at there are options, for example, of multi-year operating loans where you can fix that interest rate perhaps for longer than 12 months. And the good part about that, if rates go up, you're locked in. Yeah. If rates go down, you have the opportunity to refinance. Yeah. And I like the producer being in the decision seat.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when times were tough, were bad in the 80s, it was bad on the farm, but it got worse when it turned into a banking crisis in the Midwest. So with that in mind, what's the condition of the banks in, in rural America?
6: If you look at banks as a whole, hmm It appears, based upon all the data that I've seen, the banking industry is solid. Okay. One of the things that I look at, and this is a banking industry comment, not an individual bank comment. We're seeing continued consolidation in the banking industry. I think a more important factor is we're seeing a brain drain from ag lenders that remember the 80s. Okay. Yep. Departing... Yep. Their working career.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's time to retire for those guys.
6: Exactly, Chip. And honestly, that's something to me that you can't quantify that. Yep. But if you would ask me to identify some risks that are on the horizon, the lack of that knowledge yep. and the lack of that individual just being able to have a conversation with someone to help them maybe see that they're looking at something with tunnel vision and it appears to be extremely traumatic. But when you take a step back and you take a breath, there's a way to manage out of it. Yeah, that to me is one of the things. The other thing, Chip, can do observation. We go back to the '80s, regulatory overreaction. Yep, played a part.
0: Absolutely,
6: I would sincerely hope that as we go forward, when challenges arise, yep. that regulatory overreaction is not something that's repeated.
0: Well, I sure hope so there. That's for sure. And, and you know, when you talk about the, the experience level of those in ag lending, uh, you almost have to think about it, it, it the same as farming generations because we've, we've had a very cautious group in position. Now we're one generation removed from the crisis in many cases. The memory is still there. Absolutely. They've still got that memory. It might be the next generation that we're going to have to watch out for, Alan, and make sure that they are well aware of what can go wrong.
6: Absolutely. You know, Chip, it's no different than we're seeing – folks inherit land that are now second or third generation removed their approach toward how to manage that asset or what to do with that asset is different so i think you're spot on in what you said
0: that's awesome alan it's always good to see you my friend thank you so much thank you chip that is alan hoskins american farm mortgage we are at the 2023 national farm machinery show thanks to Act leader we're going to have a conversation with andrew jackson next
1: Time now, for news of note from Pro Farmer, Brazilian-based consulting firm AgRural cut its Brazilian soybean crop estimate on impacts from drought in the far south down 2.1 million metric tons to a still record 150.9 million That's metric it. tons. For the 10-year period beginning with fiscal 24, the Congressional Budget Office projects total outlays for several ag-related USDA programs. At approximately $1.4 trillion, an increase of nearly 65% from the 2018 Farm Bill at enactment. Outlays for commodity support programs estimated at $62 billion. The U.S. Ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel, said the Chinese balloon's intrusion into the U.S. was part of a pattern of aggressive behavior by Beijing. China will likely plant more cornfields with GMOs this year. News of note taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed <laughs> up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down. But you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip at the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show. Thank you so much, to Ag Leader, for making it possible to bring you coverage from, uh, from Louisville. Uh, we are going to get into a conversation with Andrew Jackson from Producers Hedge here in just a moment. But first, Davis, go ahead and recap how the market's closed.
1: Chip, march hard red winter wheat futures were four cents higher at 8.98 and one half march soft red wheat down four and one quarter cents to 7.65 march corn futures one quarter of a cent lower 6.76 july corn up three quarters of a cent 6.64 march beans three quarters of a cent higher 15.26 and a half july 15.13 on the close up two and a half today march cotton 130 points lower 81.25 April fat cattle fifty two and a half lower one sixty two oh seven and one half, March feeder futures one dollar ten cents lower one eighty six twenty two and a half, and April lean hog futures seventy two and one half cents lower at eighty four seventy seven and one half. That's your quick market recap. Now back over to you, Chip.
0: All right, thank you very much, Davis. Andrew Jackson, producers' hedge. Normally, we're doing this over the phone we get to do it face to face my friend how are you
7: yeah for better or worse i'm doing great (laughs)
0: good deal good deal you brought some tire kickers with you yeah 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 they'll eat
7: you out of house and home
0: yeah (laughs) oh that's great glad to see the boys here again this year so um these markets right now andrew we talk about the winter doldrums we're right smack in the middle of them right now aren't we
7: yeah to be at the elevated prices that we're at and just an overall lack of volatility is kind of kind of puzzling honestly yeah. uh, i hope we're not being lulled to sleep
0: yeah why what's going on i mean is it it, it has new news out of south america become no news
7: Well, the Argentine. uh, I think the Argentine story would have a lot more legs if the Brazilian crop just wasn't going to be so overwhelming. It wasn't going to be a record. It's going to be a record by all accounts. So that's kind of putting a you know putting a damper on those flames. But uh, just in general, I mean, we're in crop insurance pricing period. Um, Just technically, we kind of made a triple top in corn. It looks like yesterday in March corn six eighty five. That's been a real tough nut to crack. Uh, but in soybeans, I mean, we continue to be in that upward trend. So despite the pullback yesterday and the little pullback here overnight through the day and, and, and with a higher close, I mean, we've really not done any chart damage. So I think the funds are trying to decide which side of the fence they want to be on. Yeah,
0: yeah. there was, I think it was Agrural took a little bit off of their Brazilian bean yep. crop estimate today, took 2 million ton off it, put it down to 150.9 million metric tons. That's a little under USDA. I think it's definitely under most private estimates there didn't have much of an impact at all did it
7: no and uh, so you start to wonder is is the question in demand and so maybe maybe that's what we're all looking at so uh because you know we got to make hay when the sun shines here as far as exporting soybeans in the u.s corn demand hasn't been great and and we're coming to the end of uh we're coming to the end of that export window for soybeans so yeah
0: yeah and all of the sudden as i understand it south american
7: offerings for
0: March and April, in particular, they're they're
7: doggone competitive getting, getting with what cheap, we got. Huh? Yeah,
0: they are, aren't they?
7: Yep, yep. Yeah, they got to move them. Uh, they don't. Uh, they're not going to store any nor because they don't have the capability to do that. When in, when they're coming out of the field, they got to go to uh, got to go to port.
0: Yeah. All right. The bear spreads in the in the, in the bean market today were working. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, you know, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it because I don't think it's been a trend, mm-hmm. but. They work today. What's going on?
7: Well, I think you got a couple things going on. You know, not, not probably not the least of which is the, the, the funds are long beans. Uh, so if they're getting ready to roll out of the March contract, they're you're gonna have yep. to sell the March. They're gonna have to buy another month. So I think that's that's probably what the what the majority of it is. But also, anytime you have a down day, uh, anytime you have a down day, uh, you know, you should expect the mo- or, or, or any kind of big movement, yep. you should expect the most movement at the on the front end.
0: Yep. Uh, next. Next Friday, the March options expire, right? I think so.
7: Yes, that'd be right. Yeah. 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 February's so, a short month. I forgot what day is. it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you had me scared.
0: <laughs> oh, man. that's. I don't know if that's going to have much influence on this market or not. All I know is that a year ago, Russia decided that it was time to go on Ukraine and volatility just went through the roof in the last couple of days trading days of the of the month and blew the crop insurance premiums through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope something like that doesn't happen and again because we've got some outstanding spring pricing opportunities
7: yeah i mean there's there's great opportunity right now you know and and inputs are lower so uh not only do prices look better you know in in some cases better than last year you know that's not going to be the case with beans but uh but you know we've got an opportunity to put it in the ground a little cheaper maybe not put lay as much risk out there you know if you maybe set aside interest rates right
0: right how much of a conversation piece are interest rates when you talk with your clients
7: Well, the biggest thing is if you're going to store grain, you have to account for the cost. So if you're going to speculate, you know, on on the board there might be a cheaper way to do it than distorting your bin that you know corn is a seven if corn's a seven dollar commodity at seven percent interest 49 cents annually that's four cents a month soybeans you know you look at it's double that it's not you know it's eight nine cents a month you know close to ten if you're growing you know non-gmo soybeans so you got to understand that hey if you're going to keep them in the bin and not have that cash in your hand not apply it towards an operating line or whatever there is an opportunity to that uh yeah yeah, that, or, or not a cost to a cost that, I'm sorry. to
0: it uh, yeah there's an actual living breathing mm-hmm. cost that comes along and
7: it ticks every day yeah
0: yeah uh, for the well for the first time in what 12 14 years
7: I wasn't alive then
0: no come on <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for the first time in at more than a decade you got to think about that
7: yeah for sure yeah
0: yeah so not only do the higher interest rates make it a little tougher to make the decision to put up a bin they're making it tougher to decide whether or not to put grain in them
7: yeah especially when you look at the market structure the market structure on the on the old crop months it's inverted so not only is there a carrying charge you know is the bank going to charge you money to store that crop but you know also the market's going to charge you money for it yep
0: okay is there any grain starting to move down the river Anything at all happening over this way?
7: Yeah, so if you look at uh, you know January, February, March is a big, uh, big time of movement here uh, in, in this area of the country, and, and barge freight, uh, barge freight, as we all know, was uh, would just. Just got overheated, um, and just was pretty scarce in the fall. Uh, took basis levels out. Was trading uh, trading four times what uh, you know what we should consider normally yep. during elevated harvest levels. So that has really backed off. Barge freight's kind of on its butt compared to what uh, what we saw in the fall. And there's actually some opportunities to uh, those still high. You know to price some fall uh, freight at uh, more more reasonable levels. Still okay. high, but not as high.
0: All right. This the the east southeast corn belt it's ba- i mean it's basically going to be out of corn by midsummer
7: yeah typically you start to see the bins get uh, you know most people want this is kind of it's funny this is kind of a benchmark farm machinery show a lot of guys want to be cleaned out by the farm machinery show historically uh but uh you know i think i think this past year we probably carried more in i think the Kentucky crop was really big last, you know, yeah. in '21. Uh, so I think we probably carried more into '22. I think the '23, uh, the '22 crop wound up being not, not great, but not as yep. bad as originally feared. Farmers were pretty, uh, uh, pretty good about finding ways to put it put it away with uh with the basis levels where they were so um it, it may bleed into april may basis levels have kind of taken a pull back there's a little bit of carry in the cash market yeah. so it's kind of incentivizing these guys to carry them out till april may so but you know typically june july though it starts getting pretty scarce yeah okay. good trading opportunities
0: yep yep absolutely what does the conversation with uh with your clients sound like when you're talking about old crops the 22 crop
7: uh, typically, I'm I'm saying, listen. If you've got uh, 22 crop in the bin, again, back to uh, back to that carry charge. You should yeah. sh- we should probably sh- sh- probably already be cleaned out by now. Yeah. But if we're not, and you want to speculate, if you can, if if there's, if it's a flat to inverted <laughs> structure, you know, we just try to, you know, we probably want to go ahead and at least apply that to basis contract, take our money, and speculate like that if we want yeah. to.
0: I, you know, there's so many uh, guys right now are listening and saying. That's not speculating. I don't have a board <laughs> position. Well, if you've got corn in the bin and it's unpriced, what else are you doing? You're speculating, mm-hmm. right?
7: Yeah, it's going up and down every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, twenty three marketings. What uh, what are your thoughts and what's the conversation sound like?
7: Well, uh, basically, let's let's not be cute. Let's manage our margins here. I think we've got an opportunity. Um, You know, I think there's probably – I think we're probably going to see a shift uh, back to corn in some of the eastern rotations, I think, because of inputs and whatever. Last year, we probably went a little bit heavier beans in this area than what we traditionally would have. So I think guys are going to want to get back to rotations. So um – you know, if you're buying inputs, you probably need to be selling grain, uh, or at least managing that downside in some way. So, uh, short dated cereal options, I recommend you you know get educated on those. You can take a look at those, and uh, you can put some floors in, and uh, maybe establish a collar or something like that.
0: Okay, is there enough movement on acres from year ago to have an influence on the overall number?
7: You, uh, are you over or under 180? I, on- I don't think we're getting to 180. Okay, I really don't. Okay. Uh, just because if we, the, the the highest, we got to 180.4 one year. The record was 180.5. To get to 180.5, we had to have almost zero prevent plant. Yeah. So are we are we going to draw some acres in from cotton? Probably some. Are we going to maybe get some northern weed wheat, wheat acres? Probably some. But last year we were 176. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my kind of over number is a 178, and I'm a little bit, you know, maybe with a downward bias in that. Now, that's worth what you paid for it, but yeah. uh, but that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. But the bottom line is, on the balance sheets, by the time we get to the end of the 22-23 marketing year, it seems like you're anticipating we're going to see bigger carryover. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's
7: kind of the scary part, that if we do have, and, and I'm not just the doom and gloom guy, but I do think even at 178, I throw my numbers in the spreadsheet, I don't see how we don't build stocks absent a big weather event.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Andrew, it's good to see you again, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Andrew Jackson, Producers Hedge. Okay, when we come back, uh, back, we'll be back at the Ag Leader booth. We're going to learn a little bit more about the technology available from Ag Leader when we come back on Agritalk.
4: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest,
1: where the conversation begins. Join us at eight five five four talk ag
0: Welcome back to Talk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us at the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show down here in Louisville. Thank you to Ag Leader for making it possible for us to do a little coverage down here. Uh, really appreciate it. And speaking of Ag Leader, let's go ahead and make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now, Chad Stensrud, territory manager for Ag Leader. Chad, thank you so much for having us down here.
8: Hey, we're glad to glad to have you guys in the booth. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping. You by. bet. It's been you uh, bet. Great turnout so far,
0: dude. It's an active booth.
8: It is. We've got uh, we've got six guys from the uh, from the from the company here yep. and with the the traffic that we've had in the last two days um i'm glad we've got everybody here yeah. as much as we do i mean we've got a we've got a we've got a big a big booth lots of uh, lots of different kiosks uh, we can um we can show our growers yeah. and and uh and dealers that have been stopping by we've got a big interactive um uh uh, stand right out in front where we're uh, showcasing our new newest uh, newest product, Right Spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about Bright Spot. What is it?
8: Yeah. So Right Spot is our uh, PWM controlled nozzle by nozzle spraying system. Okay. Um, it's it's very very similar uh, to very similar to case IH's aim command uh, Ravens Hawkeye um, it's it's a venture it's a joint venture thing that we're doing with capstan um, we're utilizing some capstan parts but we're running hundred percent of it through our um, through our can a system so mm-hmm. we're it's it's all through an egg leader monitor and and uh, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a non-ISO system, and uh, it's it's got a got a lot of, got a lot of really neat features that that can that can help uh, the the farmer save save money and be more efficient.
0: Okay, I got to say this, Jed, because it's got to be so rewarding to work for a company that provides a solution for so many farmers out there that. Or just saying, listen, no, I don't want to go brand new, but I got to get my technology up to speed on the equipment that I've got egg leader technology allows them to do that
8: absolutely that's yeah that's one of the nice that's one of the nicest things about about this uh being being an aftermarket third-party company yep. is that we're we're a colorblind company yeah and and you know these I've, I've been talking to growers since we released right spot uh, almost a year ago now we actually we unveiled it a year ago yep. at this at this show and uh, Guys are coming up to me and they're like, Hey Chad, you know, I just went and got a got a price to trade sprayers and they wanted four hundred thousand dollars to trade doing trade sprayers. Well now we have uh, technology we can retrofit onto their their sprayer that they have to essentially make it a brand uh, yeah. uh, make a lot of the same features and we can do it for a tenth of the cost.
0: Right, right. Okay, you said it's colorblind. The egg, egg leader is colorblind and and it is. But the the right spot it, when it comes to compatibility, is there any issues out there with? I mean, do you run into some issues where it doesn't work?
8: John John Deere R Series sprayers is one that we're on right now. It's on the list. It's on the very short list of ones that we that we are trying to that we're trying to, um, that we're trying to um, overcome some engineering yep. hurdles with. But um, it other, otherwise Haggy's Millers. Uh, Pole type sprayers. Uh, we're, we're we're very versatile on what we can and what we can what we can get on.
0: Okay, so is 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 it boom by boom, section by section, or is it nozzle by nozzle that that the right spot works?
8: So right spot is nozzle by nozzle. Really? So it's so each so instead of having your 90 foot boom broke down into six different 15 foot sections, now you are broke down into 20 inch sections so spray straight through your not straight through waterways don't you don't have to spend so much time picture framing your fields uh, to get your auto sloth to work um yeah it's also the the biggest highlight of it for me is the um is the fact that we're instead of going into your local spray shop and saying hey i need to go 10 miles an hour 10 gallons an acre and i need a a a coarse droplet size, and then somebody hands you a tip to make that yep. with the Right Spot system, with the PWMs pulsing. Yep. We we te- we go into the monitor and tell it, hey, I need to spray 25 psi because that's where my droplet size is going to give me the best coverage on what I want to kill. Yep. And regardless of rate, within reason, regardless of rate, and regardless of speed, the PWM pulses are are going to maintain that 25 psi uh you we've got we've got a couple different uh boom configurations where you can have the outside three nozzles put on a higher rate so it's like a fence line on steroids
0: yeah that's
8: uh you can make it's it's very it's a very versatile thing and it's 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 really changed the way that i think about spraying you know before at a previous job that i had i sold thousands and thousands of spray tips and it was all based off of what speed you wanted to go and what rate you wanted to put on and now it's no i with with the chemicals that we're applying nowadays the coverage of of what we want to kill is so key yeah that and it's and it's all based off of a droplet size yeah so so it's yeah. Uh, this this helps a lot.
0: And you know, every time I hear droplet size, I think about drift control.
8: Absolutely. Yeah. With with dicamba being such yeah. a huge such a huge issue in, in volatility with that, this is uh, this is making big strides with does, that. The, okay,
0: you were talking about the pulses. Does the whole system recirculate?
8: It does not yet. Okay. Um, we we're going to be re- we're going to be releasing a boom recirculation here okay. in a little bit. Um. um I, I haven't heard exactly when it's going to come out. yet, yeah. but it's supposed to be it's supposed to be sometime before spring. It's in the pipeline. Absolutely, very, very close. If it's
0: by spring, it's very close to the end of the pipeline.
8: Yeah. And yeah, we're right now. We've got we, the best part about the ag leader is where we're sitting at right now as far as product availability goes on our entire product line. We're we're shipping stuff within a month, whether it's planter stuff, sprayer stuff. I mean, That's we've cool. we've we've got stuff, and a lot of the industry doesn't.
0: Okay, D- does this help with cleanup? and getting that sprayer cleaned out and ready to go for the next batch
8: yes yep okay it's, it will it allows us to do a boom a boom recirculation where you can send everything out of the boom with fresh water in yeah and then go to go to another tank when you're done
0: that's awesome so that's awesome
8: we're excited it's an exciting exciting new product and and um yeah it's been been a lot of buzz about it over the last year it may
0: not be a brand new sprayer but it's brand new technology for them
8: for yes it's, uh, and
0: uh, man oh man guys guys will be putting that stuff on and realizing what they've been missing out on for a while
8: yep it's on it's on my list for my farm too
0: that's outstanding all right chad thank you so much buddy appreciate you
8: yeah thank you for having me on jim
0: all right uh you know you got to make it as easy and efficient as you possibly can out there and and this is going to help do that chad stenzrud territory manager for ag leader all right that wraps up our coverage from the 2023 National Farm Machinery Show. Again, thank you to Ag Leader for sponsoring this afternoon show. With any kind of luck, I'll be back in the bunker for the free-for-all
4: in the morning.